Welcome to the Abundant Grace Podcast, where we discuss the gospel, freedom in Christ, and victorious Christianity. My name is Emily Lewis, and I am so honored that you are here. Sometimes Christianity can feel complicated or become heavy. I'm here to lighten that load. I pray that the chats had on this broadcast will empower and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Hello friends, welcome to another episode. Today I have a really fun interview with Lynn Carter from the Good News Mama podcast. I have loved getting to know Lynn and her heart for building community for Christian mamas. In today's episode, she talks about obedience and how it has drawn drawn her closer to the Lord and drops some nuggets of how we can walk that out in our own lives. And I love how towards the end she talks about the importance of each of our own stories and the power in our testimonies. So let's dive in. Welcome to the show, Lynn. Thanks, Emily. So glad to be here. (laughs) Thank you for taking the time. Absolutely. This is like a vacation for me. <laughs> I'm listening to my kids run wild in the other rooms and my husband. <laughs> He's probably not with me. Whatever. This is good for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So can you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself, your background? Um, sure. I'd love to. So my name is Lynn. I'm actually a North Carolina native. I live in North Carolina right now as well. I'm married to my husband, Ben, of almost 10 years. This year is our 10th year. Abided bliss, not so much. It's purely by the grace of God. We talk about it all the time, all the time. <laughs> oh my gosh, we've learned so much in 10 years of marriage. That's a whole nother episode. Um, I'm a physical therapist. I actually do home care, physical therapy. So it's nice and flexible because I have three boys that are five, three, one. And every time that they're sick or something crazy comes up with the schedule, I can usually flex my schedule pretty good. Nice. Um, I'm just... Very excited to be here. I'm a podcast host as well, and I've just really enjoyed getting together with women like you and just sharing what's on our hearts about God and how good he is and anything that can help somebody else out because it's crazy out there. (laughs) Mm, Yes, it is. So I'm going to start with some, just some quick questions to get to know you a little bit. If you could have anything on a billboard, what would it be? I thought of this two separate ways. So one way I thought of it, if I wanted to see something on a billboard, it would be um, something I actually saw um, a few days ago. It was, I was driving around with my job and it said, there are some people who love your bad days. And I just thought, man, ain't that the truth? Whenever I feel like it's a rough day, some other person is probably like, oh yeah, I'd take that in a heartbeat. So mm-hmm. it puts things in perspective for me. Um, and the other one I was thinking of as far as just like, being uplifting or inspiring to myself or other people would just be a very common quote, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So that kind of motivates me. Mm, That's good. Uh, What is a verse that you go back to often that keeps you grounded in your faith? It's very simple, but I think about it a lot. It's uh, easy to remember. It's John 3.30. It's he must become more, I must become less, or he must become greater, I must become less. And that really gets me in every area of my life, uh, just trying to keep him as the forefront and the focus so that everything else kind of falls into place, mm-hmm. which is another gospel verse. I think Matthew six thirty three, um, seek first the king of God and all these things will be added to you. It's hard. Like 
all the time, distractions taking me away from him. But that's something that always kind of resets me whenever I'm going astray and makes me think, okay, he's got to be more. I need to simmer down. I need to be less. Mm, That's good. I like that. I think oftentimes we think, well, I need to do more. No, he needs to do more. Yes, girl. That's good. That is why. (laughs) That is why. (laughs) Try to be all the things to all the people all the time. And it just doesn't happen. I disappoint somebody or I fall short. And so that definitely helps me out remembering that he's the one that I need to shine a light on, not in myself, not putting all the pressure on myself. Mm, Sure. So I would love to hear like an overview of your introduction to Jesus. When did you realize you needed him for salvation? So I was 11. I was raised in the church, had very loving parents um, who still go to the same church to this day, a great church family that showed the love of Jesus. I remember going forward and praying the sinner's prayer in that church and just being cultivated in a Christ-like relationship from a young age. I had great examples and great upbringing. Um, I do remember it was very much um, like people pleaser in me to want to do the right thing. And I liked getting a pat on the back when I did the right thing and just knowing I was making somebody proud. So I felt like that played into how I view God. And then in high school, I had a couple of things happen. I was in 10th grade, I think, the year the Columbine shooting occurred and Cassie was killed for standing up for her faith. And that rocked me. That's That was definitely one of the major um, turning points in my faith where I thought about I love God and I say that I love him, but do I love him that much to risk my life and to give my life for the gospel and for, for Christ and become a martyr? And that's a lot as a 16 year old to think about and really um, take that on. And so that, um, that had my wheels going and that kind of made me look at my relationship with Christ a lot more during high school. And I was a part of fellowship of Christian athletes and I helped lead it and was very blessed in that and had a lot of friends from a lot of different backgrounds. Um, but it just always just made me think like, do you really love Jesus that much? Is that the love that you have for him, not the loyalty to him, I guess. And, um, and then there was another friend in high school that probably has no clue the influence that he had on my life, but um, his name was David Nelson. He was a year older than me. He was a part of FCA and he was very shy and very quiet, not like me. I'm completely opposite of me, but he loved his Bible. He carried that thing wherever he went. He didn't just bring it to school on Fridays when FCA gathered. He read that thing at lunchtime. He, he loved the word. And I looked at him like, what is in your Bible? That's not in my Bible. Okay. Cause I have the same thing. Everything was important. You know, you underline the important things that, that you love in the Bible. Everything was underlined. He loved all of it. And I just remember, um, thinking, and that's a whole nother rabbit trail I can go as, as how he just spoke up for his faith and in and, and his walk that changed me. But just seeing that type of love relationship really change things for me from then on. So it's so beautiful. So his testimony and her testimony, both of them impacted you in their faithfulness. Yes, definitely. And faithfulness that I didn't realize until that point that I was lacking. Right. Cause I think the pride in me thought, you know, you're a leader, people look up to you. 
um, people know that you have a purpose in your life and, you know, you, you pretty much practice what you preach. I mean, you're not perfect, you know, but I thought that I was a good girl on the right track, doing the right things, ticking out the check boxes, you know, basically I've got it covered, right? God, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to, but it was more like, um, the love passion behind it wasn't there. It was a love relationship. It wasn't just rules and things. It was, there was a true love relationship there at that point, but I had not seen it manifested until I saw it in those two examples. And I was in my sophomore year of high school and my junior year of high school when those two things happened. So, I mean, God definitely rocked my world with those events. And I still think upon those things to this day. And I, you know, I didn't really go into what um, David Nelson did, but um, just thinking about it right now, you know, sometimes we'd sit at the lunch table and be, I'd be talking to him and asking him questions and things. He's very, very quiet, very introverted, but you could just tell he cared most about what God thought about him. He didn't care what other people thought about him. And at the end of the lunch period, he looked at me and he was like, he didn't say anything. He, he just looked at me like he had something to say. And I'm like, you know, what's going on? You seem like you want to say something. He said, I want to say something, but I don't know if I should. And I'm like, well, there's five minutes left of lunch if you want to say it, you know, and he ends up getting on the lunchroom table on top of the lunchroom table and shouting out to the entire cafeteria, I'm in love with a man. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I know what he is doing. And it's like just sharing his love for Christ and that. And he said, and I'm going to marry him one day. Right. So if the first sentence didn't stop everybody, the second sentence did. Okay. And then (laughs) he said, and his name is Jesus Christ and he's changed my life and he can change yours too. And just, I get chills right now, Emily, thinking that because I don't know if anybody else in that lunchroom was impacted by what he did, but I was, it changed me. It changed how I looked at God. It changed how I wanted to have a relationship with God on on that level. It just gave me a passion and a fire that I didn't know from any revival or any sermon. It was just him living his life and being obedient in that moment to what he felt like God was calling him to do. And, um, I was able to go back to my classroom. It was U.S. history right after that. And people were going crazy talking about it. And I was like, y'all know what he's talking about. And they knew that I was involved with fellowship of Christian athletes and had a, you know, a faith background. And I was just able to explain a little bit, like he's talking about the church being the bride of Christ and Christ being the bridegroom and just having a few conversations that opened up doors and that, but just thinking about, you know, how he probably felt so dumb. Cause I think I would right? to God, are you sure you want me to stand on this table? But it was so much for me. If it was just for me, I feel like God just wanted him to do that to show me, you think you're so outgoing. You think you've got it all covered. You think you're friends with everybody. You think you're making such a big impact. Are you really being obedient for you or for me? And that was just like one of those huge, um, turning points in my faith. I felt like, yeah. I think that's amazing what you just said. Am I being obedient for me because it makes me feel comfortable? It makes me feel proud. Or am I really being obedient because of how much you love me? Exactly. Exactly. And I don't know how God desires our obedience more than sacrifice and how, you know, he doesn't want just what you give him. He wants you in that obedience and just the the freedom in that because I feel like a lot of times we think, God, I've got nothing left to give, but he just wants us. He just wants our heart in that obedience, not um, what we can do for him or how we can 
you know, move mountains or draw people to him, but really he wants us to grow in that obedience. And by being obedient, he grows our faith. And that to me is the, the biggest growth moment that you could ever have is realizing that you're not just humbling yourself in obedience to God, but you're allowing him to step your faith to a new level out of that obedience. So, yes. So what was your relationship with God like going forward from that point? Um, I would say it was, it was just a, a authentic, like, let me get to know you in your word. Let me spend time and, you know, not just, like I said before, kind of check the tick boxes and like tick the check boxes and, and mark off, you know, you've done what you needed to do. Yeah, that's a good verse. I got something out of that, but just dwelling on what I read and trying to like interweave it into my life more to give God opportunity to speak to me and not just like, here's my Bible verse, read that verse, close my Bible. Okay, we're good. I did my Bible verse. I got a good thought in my head, you know, that sort of thing, but really just embodying the word more and letting that change me and change my heart. And I've just seen that in a lot of areas, you know, even just growing up and then eventually getting married. It is a true test of faith and obedience in that, because sometimes I just need to be obedient and shut my mouth, like let God work on my spouse and that instead of me thinking I can work on it for you. Let me tell you what, what you need to know, but just trying to, um, I don't know, just letting God speak to my heart and, and submitting to his direction and that not just here's a good word. I heard it, but, but submitting to it and living it differently. So how do you walk out? listening for his voice so that you can obey him well i was thinking about this because i love you know the the basic foundations of faith with prayer and reading the word and i feel like that's always the answer for everything and it is truly it is but i would say on an everyday basis it's being sensitive to god's leading and it's not um I don't know. It's not a, it's not a cookie cutter thing. Like pray this many minutes a day, read the Bible, this many verses a day. You'll have this much more fulfillment. If you just read two more chapters instead of one, it's very much. um, I did a podcast episode recently that talked about, you know, the past five years of my life, I've been less in the word than all the other years than I have been in the word all the other years combined. And it's not for a lack of want and a lack of desire. It's just for really, a new calling in motherhood and trying to be all the things to my children all the time and to my husband and to my job, you know, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But I also realized as I was just speaking those words and speaking the reality that my time in the word hasn't looked the same, but I've seen the face of God in my children more than I've seen him in any other times reading the Bible, because I see that love relationship with God, the father and his children, just like I see it with myself and my children, times of good and times of bad, like, oh, I bet God feels about me in that way. Sometimes maybe I need to change how I think or do things, you know, just kind of a, um, and then the precious moments of like, yeah, buddy, you really messed up, but mommy loves you anyway, no matter what, you know, and realizing that kind of love on a whole new level when you have your own child. So I've seen that and I've seen um, just being faithful in the small things, like the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Don't quiet the spirit. When God speaks to you and God wants you to do something, it doesn't have to be change the world in one day. It can be just pray for this person, whether it's out loud to yourself or to that person or what, just be obedient in that. Like 
I'm a physical therapist as my paying job, my day job, which I love it. It's a high calling and I do enjoy um, ministering to people physically and spiritually. But even today, there was a, one of my patients at 70 years old, got her doctorate in ministry recently. And she, um, she was just speaking the truth to me. And there was just, I just felt that, um, I felt God speaking to me through her. And I just said, I just received everything that you're saying because she was just saying, you are a well of wisdom. You are courageous. You have discernment. You know, she was just speaking all these truths that I was like, you have no idea how much I needed to hear it right in this moment. And I said, I receive what you're saying and I want to pray for you and I want to be obedient. And that scares some people to death, right? Some people that are listening to this, they're like, I ain't praying for somebody out loud that I barely know. But that that didn't just happen overnight. And in the beginning, that was just small steps of obedience. Yes, God, I'm going to pray for that person that you bring to my mind right now. I'm going to stop what I'm doing and just say a prayer for them. Um, it's saying like that one verse or that one concept that he gave me in my devotion that I barely read while I'm brushing my teeth and my kids are hanging on to me and I've got Jesus calling, like looking at the devotion and I'm barely getting through the day's devotion. And I just, he just wants you to just be obedient in the small things and watch him grow your faith that's how I think it is. It's not just the answer of prayer and the answer of reading in the Bible. It's just have that submissive heart all the time over and over. It's like you're, um, you're working a spiritual muscle, right? Like when you exercise and you work your muscles, you get stronger, you get toned, you get endurance. And that's the same thing. He's working your spiritual muscle when you are obedient in those little tiny things over and over. And it gets easier to be obedient in bigger things as you're working the muscle over mm -hmm. and over. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. This is a really funny example, but I was, I got an email from a gal I follow and she does Pilates and she was teaching in this email to listen to your body. And the first point was when your body says you need to go to the bathroom, you need to go to the bathroom. And she said, that's probably not what you want to hear right now. You want it to be something amazing and impactful, but it's just this, this little thing. And it's yes. the same with the Holy Spirit. He nudges you in this in a tiny little way, like you said, pray for so-and-so, or why don't you go give someone a gospel tract, or why don't you um, do this with your kids or that? And as we practice the little things, he gives us more. Absolutely. He tells us in his word, you know, when you've been, he gives us more and more as we trust in him. Like he's going to you know, if we're faithful with the little things, he's going to entrust us with more. And so that's always encouraging to know that God is wanting to give us more, but wanting us to learn how to handle the small things he's given us, our families, our day-to-day, -day, um, our mindset. My gosh, I could go on and on about our mindset. If we could just train our mind in the small things, especially for me with my kids, I just, I think about that anger management movie with um, Jack Nicholson and Adam Sandler, where he's like, goose fraba and he's just like calm down you know that's like a 10 year old movie and I think about that laughing sometimes because I'm just like simmer down it's gonna be okay but just trying to be submissive in those like I want to kill you kid you know one of those moments um that's to me is just that's my reality right now where I'm like okay just calm it down take a deep breath <laughs> and I'm talking to myself and not my kids I'm kind of talking to yes, myself yes yes yep mm -hmm. so how does cultivating this with God impact your other relationships? Um, I would definitely think it, it humbles me because I, a lot of times think that I can see the whole picture. And I like to think that I know 
decisions going on. I think about my husband and our relationship and my kids and the responsibilities I have with them and even coworkers, just thinking about the relationship that we have and where, um, I like to take things at face value and think that I see the whole picture. God's shown me that there's always more to the story than I think that I see. And he's working in this situation, even though I don't know it and I don't see it and I don't feel it. I love that song Waymaker. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop working. And that reminds me of having that faith-based um, aspect to my marriage and my family has just reminded me that I don't have to, be so reactive to the situation going on. I can take a breath and step back and say, you know, the whole picture. I can trust you in this. I can trust you to grow this relationship or restore, you know, my relationship with my children after I've been completely the one that's wronged and had to apologize. How many times has that happened to me where I've had to go apologize to my children and ask for forgiveness because mommy lost her temper or I said the wrong thing or, you know, just had a moment and, God just humbles me over and over in those relationships, being able to grow them deeper, having that um, submissiveness that I talked about before, just submitting to the spirit, but also submitting to others that share that same faith base with me, knowing that, you know, God's got our best in store, even though I don't see what that is a lot of times. So it just looks like a lot of grace. It looks like a lot of um, forgiveness and a lot of submission to what God's trying to do. So would you say that obedience is what has impacted your relationship with God the most? Absolutely. Um, I don't think that it's something I took very seriously in the beginning with my faith. I felt like, yes, the Bible says to obey, obey God's commands. Um, there's the 10 commandments. We're, we're told to obey those. And it was very black and white and like take it at face value you know, he has his word and you obey it, but there's so much more to it than that. And I try to explain it even to my children. Look, mommy and daddy don't give you rules and don't give you things to do because we're trying to spoil your fun or steal your joy, right? We know we want to keep you safe. We want to give you freedom and you have freedom in boundaries. When you know where the safe limits are, you can be your freest in those. When you don't know, you're anxious, you're worried, you're, um, you're uncertain about what could happen, but in God's word, he, he rewards obedience all the time. And, and it's because it's for our good. It's not to limit us as it sounds like it would be like when you hear the word command, you think, you know, servant, master, slave, obey, you know, it's very um, legalistic, I guess is the word I'm looking for. But um, in reality, it's God just wants it to be a relationship of of depth and meaning and connectedness to him. And we can connect deeper to him when we obey his word because his word changes us and it mm -hmm. changes our lives and those around us. And, um, and it's, it's an adventure. It really is. If you are obedient to God and I challenge anybody listening to this, just take one step of obedience and faithfulness, whatever that looks like to you, just, you know, like we talked about earlier, following the promptings of the spirit. If it looks like praying for somebody, you will be amazed at people that say, I prayed that someone like you would come into my life today. I literally prayed for you to come into my, you are an answer to prayer right now. And, and you get a blessing back from that. God just says to you, I'm going to bless you for being obedient and you're trying to bless somebody else. So it's, it is just, it gives you a sense of, um, of joy, but also one of thankfulness that God would think so much to invite us into that relationship with him.
and that he didn't have to, that he is perfectly content in the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but he wanted us to join in that relationship with him. And not only did he create it that way, but after we screwed it up, he made a way back to him. And that to me is the ultimate love story that, that he would redeem us again. So I don't even know if that answers the question. I just got carried away, but I was going to say <laughs> just okay. be obedient in one small thing. <laughs> I love and it. See how your relationship flourishes. Um, I'm glad you mentioned uh, like it sometimes can feel legalistic because for like my own story coming out of a very legalistic structure, it's so tempting to ditch all of the rules and just yeah. let it all go. And yep. that's not where the freedom is. And I love how you talk about obedience because it's not just, here's the rules, follow these rules. It's yep. let's listen to the Holy Spirit. He wants the best for you. He's guiding your life. So I think we can just land it. Absolutely. Unless you have I, anything else. Um, there was one other thing that, and I mentioned to you just outside of this podcast, how God's been showing me the same kind of theme over and over. Um, you know, there's just a lot of turmoil with the pandemic going on and just people being uneasy and anxious about different things. And the Bible tells us that we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And that's in the book of revelation. And I just wanted to share that as I know that's kind of a lot to unpack and just a closing thought, but it's two things. It's the blood of the lamb. It's Jesus that Jesus has sacrificed for us. That's how we overcome. So he's already done that. He's, he's finished that work and we can rejoice in that. We've overcome by him, what he's done and the word of our testimony. And that's where I feel like we kind of fall shy and say, well, it's just my testimony or I don't have a testimony or what power is there in my story. And no matter what your story is, big, small, a huge screw up story that turned out in a great blessing that you know, God completely transformed or whether you'd been like in your case, walking with God in a legalistic view, but then he showed you his grace and opened up to you a whole new side of him. God uses every single testimony that we have. And our testimony is how we overcome through the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So that is just giving, um, giving feet to your faith, I guess is a good way to say it. It's helping you walk out the truth that God's given you because he's made himself real to you in your own testimony. Nobody can take away your testimony and your obedience. You can think that you're being as crazy as you, I don't even know, as crazy as crazy gets. And you just, as long as God's told you to do it and you're being obedient in that, he will reward you in that. And it just, like I said, it gives feet to your faith. It just moves you forward and it puts you in a spot where nobody can take away your joy. Nobody, no pandemic can wreck your life. It can, it can be actually like a conduit. It can be a path straight to the heart of God. So I just encourage you guys listening. If you have a testimony, but you, you discount it because it doesn't sound as great as somebody else's don't because God's given you your story for a reason. And he wants you to be faithful in that and be obedient and, and sharing it with other people and just living it out loud. So that's my closing thought. That was not a simple answer, but thank you for letting me share that. <laughs> thank you so much, Lynn. Where can people go to find more? Well, um, I've got a website. It's goodnewsmama.com. And my podcast is the Good News Mama podcast. And I'm on social media. Not that great. I'm not that good at it, but Instagram at good news mamas with an S. And then I have the, um, I have good news mama Facebook page, but 
most active on the podcast and my heart most shines in, in that podcast. So and you can find it on all the major pla- the podcast platforms. Thank you for asking. I appreciate awesome. it, Emily. And I thank yeah. you for having me on the show. I've really enjoyed getting to know you and talking with you and your audience. Thank, thank you, me. Lynn. You too. Thanks for listening to the Abundant Grace Podcast. I would love to connect with you, either to hear your story or hear your comments on today's episode. You can find me hanging out on Instagram, emily.abundantgrace, or send me an email, hello at emilyklewis.com. That's emily, the letter K, L-O-U-I-S dot com. Until next time, remember, God's grace abounds and won't ever run out.